Hey there, everybody. Welcome to Up All Night, an Are You Afraid of the Dark podcast. My name is Cortland, and today we are continuing to read The Tale of the Nightly Neighbors. We're going to be going through chapters 12 and 13. Um, I haven't read this in a little while, so I'm super excited to get back into this. It's getting into its own thing, and I am I just want to know what's going to happen next. So let's just keep, let's just go into it, guys. Let's, let's, let's do it! It seemed to Emma that wherever she rode, another vampire was blocking her way. Now that it was dark, they were free to roam. They came out of their houses, their cars, from behind trees and shrubs, all with the same bloodshot, glazed eyes and faces drained of color. Man, Lex got fucking everybody but Emma? Soon the whole town would be transformed into her worst nightmare. But she had to try to save those who hadn't yet been bitten. But how? Gradually, a flicker of an idea came to her. What about Dr. Daniels? I wonder if he's okay. If he is... He'd be the perfect person to fight off these people. Emma knew where the elderly physician lived. His offices were attached to his house, and her family had gone there all their lives for checkups. Keeping to the shadows, she cautiously approached his house. This time, I'm not going to be stupid. Emma hit her bike behind a large brush. She silently crept into the doctor's yard and went around to a side window that was open a crack. She peeked inside and saw the doctor's small examining room. It was a room Emma remembered visiting many times when she was a little kid. She knew Dr. Daniels was a nice old guy. He was the type of old-fashioned doctor who always gave you a lollipop after getting an exam, or worse, a shot. There was something comforting about seeing his offices. She trusted Dr. Daniels. If anyone could help, he could. Emma then saw something that gave her even more hope. Sitting on Dr. Daniels' desk, next to a stack of file folders, was a telephone. I could call someone, like the police. Emma didn't want to waste a second, so she crept in through the window. It was a stunt she was getting used to. She quickly ran to the phone and picked it up. Strangely, there was no dial tone. Emma touched the receiver a few times, but only got air. Dead air. Then a voice clicked on the line. It was Ellie, the local phone operator. Hello, who's there? Ellie asked. It's me, Emma. Emma Toll, answered Emma happily. You gotta call the police, or the government, or somebody! Everyone in town is turning into vampires, and- Emma was cut off by a strange laugh coming from Ellie. It was an eerie cackling laugh. Emma's blood ran cold. Stay right where you are, Emma, Ellie chuckled. I'll send someone right over to take care of you. Emma knew what that meant. The vampires had gotten to Ellie, and now they were coming for her. Emma quickly slammed the phone down and turned off for the window to get as far away from there as she could. But standing in the way was Dr. Daniels. Hello, Emma, cooed the old doctor strangely. Have you come to leave me a blood sample? Oh, he smiled, revealing razor-sharp vampire fangs. Fuck, what the hell is Emma gonna fucking do? No! Emma felt dizzy as the truth hit her. They got Dr. Daniels, too! The vampire doctor made a lunge for Emma, but his exam table was in the way. It gave Emma the split second she needed to run out of the door. Luckily, Emma had been in Dr. Daniel's house many times, uh, okay, so she knew her way around without thinking. She bolted down the long hallway and blasted out the front door to safety. But once on her bike, Emma had no idea where to go. She knew she wasn't safe from Lex and the vampires as long as it was dark. So far, she had run into trouble at every turn. She didn't even know if there were any normal people left anyway. Emma wished she could just go home and fall into a deep sleep in her own bedroom. She thought about her family. 
She pictured her mom and her dad and how they were always there to comfort her when she got hurt, but even longed for Day-Day's company and realized how close she felt to him even though they were forever picking on each other. Emma wanted to scream when she realized that her family might be, might be lost to her forever. She couldn't think of another place to go for help, but riding around town and taking more chances wasn't very smart either. She was getting tired. She needed a place to rest. Where can I hide until sunrise? Where would I be safe? She asked herself. Then she got an idea and turned down the street that led to her school. Emma hid her bike in the line of trees bordering the baseball field. She silently crept across the large open field, heeding for the dugout. Emma reasoned that if she stayed in the baseball dugout, she could see someone sneaking up long before they got to her, and if a vampire did show up, she'd have several escape routes. At second base, she turned to see if anyone was following her, then sprinted to third and raced into the dugout. Whew, she said panting. I made it to safety! She knew her best hope was to stay awake until morning. Glancing at her watch, she saw it was only midnight. Damn. A long night was ahead of her, and she worried about her ability to stay awake. When she tried to get comfortable on the hard wooden bench, Emma began to think things through. When morning came, she figured she would be safe because vampires couldn't come out during the day. If I'm lucky, maybe I'll find some people that Lex hasn't gotten to yet, she told herself. There's gotta be someone left. But her narrow escapes had convinced her that there were probably very few people in town, if any, who had not been affected by the vampire's bite, including her family. Thinking about her family again made Emma feel even worse. Mom, Dad, and Day-Day had all been visited by Lex. Could they be vampires now as well? It was obvious to Emma that Lex had gotten stronger since he had arrived in town. The effects of his bite could be, could be happening faster as a result. It was hard to believe, but at this point, Emma thought anything was possible. Emma made her mind up right then and there. If she could do nothing else, she was going to save her family. When morning came, she would find them and get them out of town somehow. Maybe they hadn't been fully changed yet. She knew it was a slim hope, but it was the only hope she had. With a sigh, Emma curled up on the bench and tried to relax, knowing she would need all her energy for whatever she had to face the next day. Suddenly, a scratching noise made her sit bolt upright. She started shaking. Had Lex found her already? Emma was afraid to move again for fear that she would give herself away. It was very dark, and she couldn't be she couldn't see as well as she had hoped. The scratching stopped, and Emma heard low whining sounds. Then something wet and cold touched her hand. She jumped and let out a quick, quiet yelp. With sudden relief, Emma realized who her intruder was. It was Turbo, nudging her hand with his nose. She put her arms around his neck and hugged the large animal to her. His silky fur felt wonderful like an old friend. Well, she told her tool to hold the newcomer, are you anywhere near as scared as I am? Turbo answered with a sudden whine. Emma scratched the dog and said, I guess I could use the company as long as you don't bite. She, pet she petted the dog who continued to nuzzle her for affection. Soon after, Emma became sleepy. She tried to keep her eyes open, but it was a losing battle. At least Turbo will wake me if anyone comes, she figured, feeling a little bit safer. The tension of the day had taken a lot out of her, and she gradually drifted off to sleep. The dog lay down on the ground in front of her and licked her hand a few times. Soon, he too fell asleep. Emma's dreams were eerie, and she slept fitfully. She was bombarded with images of vampires, of fangs dripping blood, of bloodshot eyes that never blinked. Then the eyes themselves dripped tears of blood. 
Next, she was chased down the street by an invisible monster. She could only hear the monster. She couldn't see it anywhere. The monster's growl was terrifying as it grew louder and louder and closer and closer. The noise grew so loud that it woke her with a start, and she looked around, disoriented. When she remembered where she was, she immediately sat up. Turbo stood on the dugout steps, gazing over, gazing out over the baseball field. He was growling. He was growling viciously, baring his teeth. That's what I heard in my dream, Emma realized. Only it wasn't a dream. What was Turbo growling at? His ears were flat against his head, and his hair stood on end. Emma held her breath and didn't move a muscle. She remembered the way the dog had growled at the bronze the night she had followed them to Miss Armbruster's house. He had also growled at and even attacked his own master, Mr. Pariso, earlier that evening. Emma had seen other dogs growling at the bronze over the past few weeks. She had guessed that the animals could sense evil. She only hoped Turbo's growling would keep whatever was out there away from the dugout. She kept completely silent, hoping they might not even know she was there. After several moments, Turbo stopped growling and turned back towards Emma. His tail started wagging, and he came to her to be petted. Emma was so relieved, she began to cry softly. Turbo licked her tears away. When her crying stopped, Turbo curled up at her feet and settled down his chin, resting on his paws. Emma felt a little better. The dog's bravery had given her hope and determination to succeed. She still hadn't come up with a plan. She didn't know if she had the strength and courage to save her family, but she was not going to give up, even if she was the only normal person left in town. Chapter 13 Emma awoke early the next morning. The sun was slanted into the dugout and shining in her face. Opening her eyes, she squinted at the light, then remembered where she was. The sun? Yes, the sun! I made it through the night! She figured the vampires would be resting somewhere. She felt a little safer and hoped it would stay that way, at least until sunset. She sat up quickly and reached for Turbo, but he was no longer at her feet. Turbo! she called out, but the dog was gone. She was disappointed. She was beginning to feel as if Turbo was the only non-vampire left in town. She shook that horrible thought off. Standing up, she stretched her arms out over her head. Her hip bone and shoulder ached from sleeping on her side, but otherwise she felt refreshed. Emma knew she needed to find someone to help her rescue her family. She had to believe there were still normal people around, and she couldn't waste any more time finding them. She hurried out of the dugout and ran for her bike. As she came around the front of the school building, it suddenly occurred to her that this was a weekday, yet the schoolyard was empty. She glanced at her watch. It was 7.30. She knew that by now the big yellow school buses should be pulling up at the entrance with noisy kids piling out. Yet the scene was quieter than on a holiday. Not only were there no buses, Emma gradually realized that there were no cars on the street. With growing concern, Emma aimed her bike towards the center of town. She slowly rode down the main, main street, desperately looking for some sign of life. But all the shops were closed. Some had shed, shades drawn over the doors. Others were standing silently with their own doors wide open, but no lights on or other activity going on inside. As Emma rode through town, it became more and more obvious that her worst fears were coming true. She was the only normal person left. She turned off Main Street and saw the police station. The police! Yes! Police are supposed to help people in trouble! Against reason, Emma thought maybe a police officer might have been able to escape the vampire's bite. She increased her speed as she pedaled towards the building, hoping this, this would be the place to find them. Emma leaned her bike against a tree in front of the building and hurried up the concrete stairs leading to the front door. 
She cautiously tried the, the handle and found it unlocked. Slowly, she pulled it open and looked inside. Total silence greeted her. The lights had been left on, but no one was in the front entry. The secretary's desk was empty. She noticed a sheet of typing paper sticking out of the electric typewriter that had been left on, but no one was sitting at the reception desk. Emma slowly took one step into the building, then hesitated. She wasn't familiar with the layout of the police station. She wasn't too keen on getting trapped in an unfamiliar building. But then she remembered it was daytime, and she was safe from the vampires. Actually, she realized it would be, it would be great to run into someone. If they were out in the daylight, that would mean they hadn't been bitten. As she stood there, trying to decide what to do next, the door suddenly closed behind her with a loud click. Emma jumped and nearly let out a yell. She spun around quickly and was relieved to see that the door had closed automatically. No one was behind her. But as she looked out the front door, Emma caught some movement by her bike. Yes, she said aloud. Someone normal is out there. Just as she was about to run out of the door and yell for help, she suddenly froze. She got a good look at the person outside and realized that even though it wasn't a vampire, uh, it wasn't someone who would, be, who would help her either. It was fucking Mr. Braun. Emma's heart sank. She had forgotten all about the Brauns. They weren't vampires, but they were definitely on Lex's side. Emma suddenly realized that she wasn't as safe during the day as she had thought. The vampires might be gone, but the Brauns were still around. Mr. Braun was inspecting Emma's bike. If he knew it was hers, then he would, then he would know that she was inside. Not this time, Emma said quietly to herself. You may get me yet, but I'll give you a run for it. Emma spun around and ran deeper into the police station. She figured there had to be a back entrance somewhere. It was just a matter of finding it and getting out before Mr. Braun came in after her. The hallway she ran down had several doors on either side that looked like offices. The doors at the end of the hall looked more like an exit. She ran to it and reached, to, reached out for the handle, hoping it wasn't locked. She was in luck. It turned in her hand and she pushed it open quickly closing it behind her. She found herself on a landing with stairs leading up and down. Up wouldn't get her out, so Emma headed down. That must be where the jail cells are, she reasoned. There has to be a fire exit down there. When she reached the bottom of the stairs, Emma saw her guess had been correct. There were two small cells against the wall. A, a hallway to the right had doors similar to the ones along the first, first floor passage. Another short hallway branched off to her left. At the end of the second hallway, a red exit sign shone above a solid-looking door. Bingo! she exclaimed. She ran towards the door and saw there, were no, there was no doorknob on this one, but a metal panic bar. Emma knew this was the back door she was hoping to find. She was about to blast out when a thought came to her. Only Mr. Braun was in front of the police station. Where was Mrs. Braun? Could she be waiting outside for her to open the door? Would she pounce on Emma and drag her to Lex to be turned into a vampire like all the others? Emma's heart began to beat faster, and she began to sweat. She couldn't go back to the front of the building. She knew Mr. Braun would be there, but her fear of Mrs. Braun prevented her from opening the rear door. Emma tried to calm herself. Get a grip. If you panic, you're done. And so are Mom and Dad and Day-Day. She leaned against the wall and forced herself to breathe slowly. Up until now, Emma had managed to put through, put thoughts of her family aside because she needed to worry about her own safety. But as she stood in the dim hallway trying to decide what to do, she felt so alone and helpless. She actually wished Day-Day was with her. I always called him lazy because he spent so much time in front of the TV. I was the one looking for adventure. Well, now I've found it. Big time. 
I got my wish, and now I may never see him or mom or dad again. These thoughts saddened Emma, but they also gave her strength. If, she, if there was any chance, no matter how slim, to save her family, she would find the way. The sadness gradually changed to a slow-burning anger. With determination, Emma walked over to the door. She put her hands on the, the panic bar and slowly pushed. The heavy doors gradually gave way and opened. Emma stood at arm's length from the door as she continued to push, prepared to let the door slam shut if someone was on the other side. Through the small opening, she could see a wide circular driveway that led out to the street. Several police cruisers were parked behind the building, and a large garbage dumpster was near the street. With a deep breath, Emma pushed the door open a little wider and took her first step outside. From where she stood, Emma could see the entire back of the police station. No one was in sight. Relieved, Emma let go of the door. Out of the corner of her eye, Emma caught movement from behind the large garbage dumpster. At the same time, a loud crash rang out. She quickly glanced at the dumpster just as a large alley cat bounded out from behind the bin. Its eyes were big and its hair stood back, stood on its back. When it saw Emma, the animal stopped and stared at her for a few seconds. Then, typical of a cat nature, it turned and slowly walked away. Emma allowed out a nervous giggle and slowly approached the dumpster. A few paint cans had been piled up on the other side. A couple had been knocked over, probably by the cat searching for food in the bin. They were rolling away towards the street. Emma quickly crossed the back street and hurried down an alleyway that led away from the center of town. She had to leave her bike. She didn't want to risk running into Mr. Braun, but without a bike, she couldn't cover as much ground, and she kept having to stop to catch her breath. This isn't going to work. I'll be too exhausted to defend myself if the Brauns do find me. Emma found a secluded corner in an alley between two stores and decided to take a longer rest. She was getting hungry and thirsty and knew she needed to keep, keep up her strength to avoid being caught. One of the stores was a small grocery. The back of the door was unlocked. Emma entered cautiously, but no one was inside. She can't, scanned the shelves and picked out some things to eat. She felt like a thief, but figured it didn't make much difference. The owners are probably vampires by now. They won't need this kind of food anymore, she said to herself. And they won't need any money anymore either. Just blood. Emma pushed the sickening thought out of her mind, sat down to eat. She spread peanut butter on crackers and swallowed apple cranberry juice right out of the bottle. While she ate, her mind worked. How am I going to save my family? And if Lex isn't stopped, he might move on to another town and another. Soon the whole country will be full of vampires. And then the state? And then... This was a line of thinking that was way too horrible. Emma forced herself to focus on the problem at hand. And the first thing she needed to do was find her family. They'll know me. They have to. Emma realized how little she knew about vampires. Up until a few weeks ago, she thought they were just make-believe. Now they were all real, too. She remembered the book about vampires and she, that she had been reading in the basement of the library when Miss Armbruster nearly caught her. She needed that book. That's a good point. She hadn't read it all, and she hoped it might give her some ideas on how to save her family and deal with the vampires. More and more, Emma was beginning to understand that the destiny of her town depended on her alone. The responsibility was almost too much for her to handle. Grabbing a granola bar from the display near the cash register, Emma said to herself, I'm feeling a little guilty. I'm going to need all the energy I could get, as she stuffed the bar in her pocket. Emma, let, Emma left the store by the back door and set off towards the library.
Yeah, I guess that's a pretty good idea to go to the library where there's a book about vampires for some reason. That it's ridiculous. I don't know why that book exists. But that's all for today's episode. I Next up is chapter 14 of 19, so we're almost done. I'm pretty excited to see what's going to happen. Emma's all alone, which is I I didn't I didn't see that coming. I thought she'd find at least a grown-up or something. But then again, this is already afraid of the dark and all grown-ups are terrible. Well, hopefully soon we get to find out what the hell Emma does because this is nuts. But for now, I'm getting sleepy, guys. Been up all night and I'm going to sleep. So I will talk to you next time. Bye, guys. Bye.